This is The Playbook. I have paid a shitload of dummy tax to figure this out. I lost over $100 million figuring this out. And it's so simple. But remember, things that are simple to do are also simple not to do. And that's why so many people don't do them. So the number one thing that you have to learn to do if you want to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun is to stimulate interest. Stimulate interest. What does that mean? That means everywhere you go in person, on the phone, via email, and media, social and traditional media, you want people what? To call you back. It's that simple. So many people try to stimulate interest by overselling, backend selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating. Selling where there is no reason to sell because you haven't met somebody where they're at. All you want to do in person, on the phone, via email, social media, and traditional media is figure out statistically how I can get people to get back to me. That's it. How can they connect to me? I've seen so many bad voice messages, emails, DMs, trying to sell to me with no credibility and emotional attachment, and then they wonder why nobody gets back to them. The easiest, fastest, statistically successful way to sell more is just get people to get back to you. You don't have to improve your skills, your knowledge, or your desire if you can get more people to get back to you. Over 90% of the people don't get back to you. Whether you email you, talk to you, no matter what commitment, media, doesn't matter. So for example, if one in 100 people are getting back to you today, all you should be practicing is get two people to get back to you today. You've just doubled your sales. Everything I have is mathematically based. It's that simple. But people make it difficult because the simple things to do are also simple not to do. I have a statement up there somewhere that says, be more interested than interesting. When we stimulate interest, it's the only time you can be more interesting because it takes being interesting to get people to get back to you. So your focus in person, on the phone, via email and social media, traditional media, every day is to focus in on how many people can I get to get back to me, why? So I can then transition that interest. Now we need to be more interested than interesting. How do I transition interest when I get someone to get back to me, when I get someone interested in what I'm going to say? Well, it's very easy. Ask somebody when they get back to you, what are you doing today? What are you doing today with your finances? What are you doing today with insurance? What are you doing today with the trust? What are you doing today with an estate? Pick something that you're good at and ask them, what are you doing today? If I was a solar guy, I'd be like, what are you doing today for solar? What do you know about solar? What do you know about trust and estates? What do you know about insurance? These open-ended questions allow you to transition interest from what you're interesting to their interesting. In other words, you're now interested. So what do we ask? How do we transition? Once I know where you're at today, I can meet you where you're at. I'm making no assumptions at all that you love what I do as much as I do or know as much about what I do as I do. Instead, I'm asking you what you do know about what I do. And in order to transition that interest, the second step to thrive, we simply just have to find out two things. One, what do you like about it? 
I know what you know about it today. I know what you think about it today, where you're at today, but tell me, what do you like about it in your perception? And if you can find out what someone likes about what you are interested in, and they're now hopefully interested in, and you can also find out what don't you like about it, you now have credibility and emotional attachment. People buy on emotion for logical reasons, but you can't get there unless you know where they're at today and what they like and what they don't like. Do you know why? Because that's where values derive. All sales are derived, and people make billions of dollars of complicating this and all types of solution selling methodologies and different techniques. All value is derived by doing two things. Giving people more of what they like and taking away things they don't like. That's where values derive. So if I know where you're at today and what you like and what you don't like, and now I can figure out how I can provide more of what you do like and take away some of what you don't, you then will be able to articulate value to exceed what you're asking for. The third step of sharing a vision. So number one, get people to call you back as stimulating interest. Make it a science, make it a practice. The better you get at getting people to get back at you, I have enough time, so I'm gonna quickly tell you one of my rules about getting people back to me. I have a three no rule. If I reach out and there's no response, that's one rule. If I reach out, one no. If I reach out and there's no response, that's two no's. On the third no, on the third reach out, I simply say, this isn't the right time. When it is, please get back to me. Only two things happen when you walk away and tell someone, obviously this isn't the right time. Number one, you never have to talk to that closed mind again and you just saved a ton of time. I know so many salespeople, I wish I could have the productivity back for all the people that still are calling people for two years, the same person. You can't close a closed mind. I'll repeat it, you can't close the closed mind. It takes a thousand times the energy just to share a vision. Now remember, everybody has an open mind at one time or another. In fact, I always say if you're lucky enough to find a closed mind at a time that they have an open mind, meaning someone is very closed-minded, but when you're sharing your vision, they have an open mind, or you're stimulating interest, they have an open mind, or you're transitioning interest and they have an open mind, that's actually statistically more successful than if they have an open mind all the time. Because those people have very few options and opportunities, and if you catch them when they have an open mind, they have less competition for prioritization of your opportunity. So make sure that you use the three no rule to give the universe a chance to allow someone to have an open mind at the right time so you can stimulate interest, transition interest, and share a vision by providing more of what they like or taking away things they don't like. Now, one thing happens in sharing a vision, which is simply the ability to articulate a value to exceed what you're asking for. It's a mathematical equation. There's a key word in what I just said, articulate. So many people are in love with their products, their solution, their service. They think they know so much about it that they just assume you do too. They assume that you know exactly what the F I'm talking about when I'm on stage. It's not true. It's not true. So one of the other practices besides getting people to get back to us is practice articulating value to exceed what you're asking for. 
Because if you get good at articulating value, either giving them more of what they like or taking away what they don't like, if you get better at articulating the value to exceed what you're asking for, the more people you can say, can you see any reason you won't want to move forward? That's a close. Can you see any reason you won't want to move forward? I have made no assumptions. I've just practiced articulating quantitative value to exceed what you're asking for. You want to stimulate interest to get people to call back. You want to transition interest by asking where they're at today and asking what they like and what they don't like. You want to practice articulating the quantitative value to exceed what you're asking for by knowing the reason somebody would want to do this, the impact it would have on their lives from knowing where they're at today and what they like and what they don't like, and the capabilities that you, your company, product solution would have. So many people out there are overselling, back-end selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating, not only others, but themselves, because they're just dumping features and benefits on someone, which means nothing. In fact, half of them are gonna create resistance because you think they're valuable, doesn't mean that they do because they like and dislike different things than you do. And if you don't believe me, just go to dinner somewhere. Right, what if you just assumed everybody liked what you did and so you're just gonna read off the menu, you're gonna have very unhappy children, I'll tell you that. Right? Think about how stupid people are when they sell. They don't think. So I practice articulating value. I know I'm a student of reasons, impact, and features and benefits, but I use them as an arsenal to fill adding to what they like and taking away what they don't like. Oh, you don't like mashed potatoes? Let me take those from you. I just added value to a 12-year-old. <laughs> right? You like mac and cheese? Take mine. Oh, I added value. That's what you're doing. Don't complicate it. Take each step individually, one by one. I'm gonna get more people to call me back. I'm gonna ask where they are today and what they know about what they are today and what they like and they don't like. Then I'm gonna know my product services and solutions so well that I'm gonna be able to articulate it so they understand it to exceed what I'm asking for. That's sharing a vision. You will thrive. Now, most people think they're at least 80% of the way there when someone says, oh yeah, I can't see any reason I want one to move forward. Then they're calling Marshall and Hannah, Tyree, oh my God, I made it, oh geez, I got the policy. So, no, you don't. You're 20% of the way there. You're only 20% of the way there because you have another three no rule process to go through because people are afraid to say no. People are afraid to say, no, this isn't the right time. Yes, I agree with you. You were able to articulate the quantitative value to exceed what I'm asking for, but I don't have the money or I can't do it right now. I get it. We, we all know that. So let's work within the context of the system to not lose those opportunities. So let's create a go, no go plan to manage and develop a vision. You don't need to exceed expectations. I've lived my whole life and very rarely have I ever exceeded expectations of anyone in business. They think so when I meet them because most people don't even meet expectations. So if you're capable of managing expectations by creating a go, no-go plan, which can be simple as an email just saying, okay, thanks a lot, 
I know you want to move forward. Our next step is this on this date. Our next step is this date on this date. Our next step is this on this date. All the way through the signing and the saliva test that they require in Massachusetts for Ed Milet. What happens when we have a go, no go plan? Now we're creating a compelling event, but also we're effectively communicating in a memorialization, a non-binding agreement of how we're gonna get this done. So what happens in real life? I create a go, no go plan. You tell me to call you on Friday. I'm sure this has happened to you. I'm an expert in sales and this still happens to me. I call on Friday and they don't answer. No, but they told me they're gonna, they wanna move forward. They don't answer, one no. I call back. They tell me they're on the phone with their grandma. Two no's. On Monday, I call back again. Sorry, he's not in the office. Three no's. My message is simply on the third no at all times. My message is, hey, this obviously isn't a good time. You may be in a meeting or a phone call. Call me back when it is. Once again, I'm either doing one of two things. I'm letting someone that's never gonna say, to say yes go, or I'm compelling them to get back to me faster. Saving me time, money, emotion, and value, and anything else you can think of momentum-wise by using the three-no rule and a go-no-go -go plan. You manage and develop a vision. Utilizing time to find the open mind. Utilizing time is a quantitative measure of their interest every step of the way. I promise you, if you practice, if you practice getting people to call you back every day and actually asking. You know, I did some consulting for a man named Arthur Blank. He started a small company called Home Depot. He also owns a football team. And it was amazing. I was talking to his team about asking. And I found some data at Home Depot that really solidified what I teach. You see, they have garden checkout, contractor checkout, and consumer checkout, and now they have automatic checkout. Four different types of checkout at Home Depot. They sell warranties, just like uh, Best Buy, they're classic for doing it, right? Sell warranties for appliances and tools and sells the most. Consumer, contractor, garden, or automatic checkout? Why? Because it asks every time. Did you know they sell three times as many warranties on the automatic checkout than the aggregate of all the others? How far do you think we're getting in our way of sales? If we simply are a machine if we simply are a machine of asking every day, in person, on the phone, via email, social media, and you don't have to ask other than to build a community of people that are gonna help you or people that know people that can help you. So once you ask what do you like or what you don't like, would it help you if, and what if they say no at that time, Dave? No, you know what, I can't do it. Do you know anyone else that I might be able to help? Every email I send, I still check my outbox to make sure there's an ask. I am a Home Depot automatic checkout. 
My DMs haven't asked. Hey, have you attended my free Friday training? Have you seen my podcast? Can you download it, share it, rate it, whatever? And I'm asking all of you, if you haven't, please email me, david at dmeltzer.com. Please let me help you. Free Friday trainings, podcasts, books, everything I give is free. I'm asking you to email me, david at dmeltzer.com. I'm using 2,000 times one to ask the same way that you will. Why? Because if my intention is to provide value, to give you more of what you like, take away some of what you don't like, and I'm able to empower you to empower others, I now have exponentially increased my statistical success. That's how companies thrive. Apple, in my opinion, has been the best company to do this. I was a huge IBM ThinkPad user, 957 rim pager, and I remember sitting on a plane and the guy next to me opening up his MacBook and the thing just firing up, and meanwhile I'm waiting for it to load. Now I know who's old in here. And then there's viruses. 15 minutes later, this guy's almost done with what he was doing and I'm just getting booted up. And I looked over him and I said, hey man, I wish I was an artist or a teacher. He's like, why? You look like you're doing really well, dude. I was like, well, so could I could use one of those computers. I don't have to waste my time. He said, no, no, no. I go, well, I need PowerPoints and, and Microsoft Excel. I, you know, I need some real business tools on there. He goes, oh, we have it. And I found myself being sold for an hour by some guy that doesn't work for Apple, Apple. <laughs> Same thing with the iPhone. I was CEO of Samsung's phone division in 1999. I was the CEO of the first convergence device. They didn't even call them smartphones. It was a Windows CE device. Now I sell more iPhones than Apple. I spent millions of dollars on Apple product. Imagine if your business worked the same way that you stimulated interest, transitioned interest, shared a vision, but managed and developed the vision, utilizing a go, no-go plan to meet their expectations so that when someone brought up a like or a dislike that that solution that you helped them with, what's the first thing they're gonna say? Oh, you don't like the way that computer booted up? Buy this. Have you he ever heard of an IUL, an annuity? Have you ever thought about asset-based lending and using insurance products to do that so you can utilize taxes to your advantage? All of these different things. You're looking at some big idiot up here that lost over $100 million because I never asked Hannah for help. Right, that's what pisses me off about knowing Hannah so well today is like all I had to do was ask her to help me because I was ignorant and arrogant and all I had to do is tell her what I liked and didn't like about my investment strategy. You know, I don't like the fear of losing everything. I don't like paying taxes. I don't like all the time I have to spend watching it. And she just said, oh, here's something for you, my friend. And then I would have bragged to all my other rich friends and they wouldn't have lost their money in 2008 either. Remember everyone, it's not hard, but those things that are simple to do are also simple not to do, like the five to thrive. I want you to stimulate interest, get people to call you back, transition interest by meeting people where they're at, finding out what they like and don't like, share a vision by practicing articulating value to exceed what you're asking for, manage and develop with a go, no go plan so you can thrive, so you can make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. And I promise you, if you make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun, you will be happy and you'll make other people happy, especially me. Thank you so much. I love you all.